Count your blessings faithful in Romans chapter 5. Counting your blessings. Have you ever counted calories? Someone said banging your head against the wall burns 150 calories an hour. And will also get you removed from the library. But one man said, I started a new diet like six weeks ago, but I managed to gain 30 pounds. And his friend said, what were you doing? He said, I was counting calories. He said, really? Were you not doing it right? He said, well, I thought you were supposed to go for the high score. <laughs> so <laughs> there's a song that says, count your blessings. Count your blessings. When upon life's billows, you are tempest tossed. When you are discouraged, thinking all is lost, count your many blessings. Name them one by one. And it may surprise you what the Lord hath done. You see, sometimes we can get into a, a situation where we're facing something and we begin to face, as Peter did, the wind and the waves. When even a few moments ago, Peter was walking on the wind and the waves. Peter was walking on the water in the midst of the storm. But sometimes, I'm reminded of an Old Testament account in 2 Kings chapter 4. And there was a certain woman of the wives of the prophets, the sons of the prophets. And they came unto Elisha. So she was a widow. Her husband was a preacher that had died or a prophet that had died. And she said, my husband died and um, we feared God. She was going through something. And now the creditor has come not to take my, my house, but my kids to be bondmen. So we're going to take her kids into slavery. So she was going through something. And Elisha said, what shall I do for thee? Tell me what hast thou in the house? Now listen to what she says. And she said, Thine handmaid hath not anything in the house. Save a pot of oil. You know, it's interesting. We get, what do you got? I got nothing. Well, except this. <laughs> and then we, Elisha gave the diagnosis and he said, Go borrow the vessels abroad of all thy neighbors. Even empty vessels. Borrow not a few. Romans chapter 5. And when our, thou, thou art come in, just, just uh, and shut the door and pour out the oil into all of these vessels. And set aside which is full. So she did as she was told and she brought all the vessels and they poured out and it came to pass that all the vessels were full and she cries out, bring me yet a vessel. Why? Because it just didn't run out according as many vessels as she had and that oil is like a, a commodity so you could sell it. And so then she came out and told the man of God. And he said, go sell the oil, pay the debt, and live, thou and thy children of the rest. And we're dealing in Romans chapter 5 with counting your blessings because sometimes we fail to realize the blessings that we already have. Well, what blessing did this woman have? She had God. She had God. And sometimes we have God, but we don't know that he's there and all of his promises are there. And so uh, it took Elisha, the, who just, what was Elisha? Well, he was a man of faith in God. He didn't have like a, a you know, a, a revival in his pocket. He said, let's believe God. 
What do you got? You know, you got to start with something. He's like, well, I got a little bit of oil. Okay, we can do something with that. Let's see God multiply the oil. You know, God can do those things. I've seen it happen in God. And one of the blessings, I came to Jacksonville and uh, we stopped by and had church at a brother's church in Baltimore, Brother Charles. He's a blessing. And so after church, he asked my wife, what's your husband's first name? So, you know, she's like told him and he sat down and wrote me a check for $300. Why? I didn't even preach. I just sat there and listened to him. We were coming to Jacksonville. And uh, when we got to Jacksonville, my car had a leak in the air conditioning. And it, it, it flooded the, like the, the, pa- the passenger floorboard where she sat. And you need air conditioning in Florida. It's not heat, but you need air conditioning. But that money was right there. But you see, it wouldn't have been provided if I didn't go. And so Jesus told his disciples, go. But you see, when we go, if you've ever gone through something, go through it with God. (laughs) Go through something with God. Be like David, right? David said, uh, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. He said, for thou art with me. He was counting his blessings. You know, the blessings we need to count, it starts with, with God. So the 12 blessings of being justified. Let's look at those. Romans chapter 5, uh, verse 1, we have the first one. Peace, therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, One of the first things we need to do is look away from all of our problems and look unto Jesus. He's the author. He's the finisher of our faith. The Bible said, Thou will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee. Why? Because he trusted in thee. I remember a brother was telling me he worked in some type of hospital, and there was a woman there who was admitted, and he began to talk to her. And he was an employee there, and she thought she, uh, she was kind of going crazy, and she thought she had committed some sin, and that some preacher told her she could never be forgiven. And so she was in the hospital, and she was just uh, going crazy, basically. And so he began to talk to her about God and about forgiveness, and he's a preacher. And I think it was the next time he went to check on her, she had been uh, discharged. So a preacher, why? Well, I believe that when she made her peace with God, our body reacted in the same way. You know that we can build up things in our mind or we can just say, God, you've got it all in control. You don't sleep. You don't slumber. And nothing surprises you. Amen. Peace is the first blessing of being justified. The second blessing is access. By whom also we have access by faith. Into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. I talked about uh, on Sunday that having that key fob. Having that key fob for your car, it'll get you in your car, it'll allow you to do all the functions of the car. Without it, you don't have access. Christ is our key fob. He is our access to the Father. Have you ever come to the Father? Now you can pray, Father, Holy Ghost, but in the name of Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus, it was He 
Jesus that died for our sins. The Bible said that there's a name above every name. Uh, the Bible, uh, people talk about God, well, we should really call him Yahweh, or we should really call him Jehovah, or we should really call him, uh, there are a lot of names for the Lord, Adonai, and El, and, uh, but let me tell you, there's a name that is more important than any name, more important than Yahweh, and Adonai, and Jehovah, and that's the name of Jesus. The Bible said, if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Yahweh. No. The Holy Ghost. No. Jesus. Jesus. The Bible says that's the name. That is the name. Now, we're not disrespecting the other names of God. They're wonderful, and I pray them. But I can only access, and he only listens to me, because of what his son did on the cross to forgive my sins. He is our access. By his blood, we're accepted, the Bible says, in the beloved, Jesus brings us access, access. The Bible said there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. So in the Bible in Hebrew says, let us come boldly. Have you ever done, you've been going through so much stuff and you're like, I'm sick of being the devil's whipping boy. I'm just going to come up and come boldly before the throne of grace that we may obtain what? Mercy. And find grace to help in the time of need. That's what we need sometimes. We don't need to stress out about something. I, let me tell you, I've stressed out about something. Doesn't help it. Just stresses out your wife. Stresses out your kids. Stresses out your pets, right? We don't have pets, but the cockroaches are probably stressed out, right? In my house. I guess my daughter likes to be a dog, so she'd probably stress her out if she's a dog or whatever animal she is. The third blessing is grace. Grace. Grace is stand. There's a song that said, but stand by his grace until the crown I gain. You know, it's been shared that you don't really own something until you can give it away, right? Otherwise, like, I can't really give it. It's not really mine. Well, you know, if God has really given you his grace, can't you give it away and share it with someone? We need to share the grace of God. <laughs> the Bible says, in Ephesians chapter 4, and be kind to one another. This is what this world needs. Social media is so mean, but that's not how, real, how people are. You read social media and you think the world just falling apart, but people don't act like that. And, and we, need to, we need to show real love. Real people don't act like that. Real people love each other. And be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. Even... As God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. I'm just being like Jesus. People need, give him grace. The guy that merges a little too fast, give him grace. Wave all your fingers at him, okay? And if you've ever read any of the ends of Paul's letters, how does he end all of his letters? They're all ending the same way. That's why I believe he wrote Hebrews, because it ends the same way in Hebrews. The grace of our God be with you. The grace of the Lord Jesus. Grace, grace, grace. Grace. Well, they should know better. Well, so should that woman that was caught in adultery. But what did Jesus give her? He didn't say, you're a Jew, you know better. He said, have no man condemned thee? What did she get? Grace. Then if we've ever received grace, we need to hand out some grace. And you know, the hardest times to hand it out are sometimes the people that are close to us. We can give it to a stranger, but hand it out to your wife when she burns the pie. Hand it out to your husband when he fixes something and it's more broken than it was before he fixed it that's me because i don't fix i don't i don't cook pie either i mean <laughs> don't do anything 
Give them some grace. Give them some grace. Give your kids some grace when they get a bad grade. Give them some grace. We need grace. The fourth blessing, why? Because I can give it. God gave it to me. I can give it out. Now, these blessings, they're yours. What are you going to do with the blessings that God gave you? I'm not talking about being walked over. I'm just talking about that kindness that comes from Jesus. I can give it out. I've got a never-ending supply. The fourth one, rejoice. These are all the same verse, by the way. That's why I'm not reading anymore yet. I taught, uh, there was one man that said, are things going your way? Has someone ever said that? This is the South. Hey, man, things going your way? And I remember telling him, no, <laughs> I'm going God's way. You know, I've tried to have things going my way because then I'm happy when they are and then not happy when they aren't. But if I'm just like, well, I'm going God's way. And then I can rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And I know that all things might not be good now, but I know that all things work together for good. Say, how are things going? I don't know, but God must have a plan because, and I'm just going to stick with God and I'm just going to rejoice anyway. If you want to really confuse the devil when you're having a wrong, a bad day, I mean, crazy stuff, rejoice. He can't read your mind. He can't, he's not the opposite of God. He's not like the yin yang where he can uh, know what you're thinking. He looks how you act. He can probably see cues. But if you're going through something crazy and you're like, man, praise God, you're so good. The devil will be like, well, that didn't work. Maybe I go bother someone else. Just confuse him. He's not your friend anyway. <laughs> Verse three. Verse 3 to 5. Here's going through something. And if you've ever gone through something, we share, go through it with God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations. Also knowing that tribulation worketh patience. And patience, experience, and experience, hope. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. The fifth thing is glory. Which means, really, in this, the, the word here from the Greek means to boast. We glory in tribulations. Now, that sounds pretty crazy. That means when your car breaks down, you're like, praise God. <laughs> well, who would do that? Well, I don't know. The Bible says to. I mean, so I, I guess, you know, we should try to do things. And it's not normal, is it? Your car breaks down, you're like, oh, I can't believe it. But if our... Joy only comes when things go right. It's not joy. It's happenstance, which is why they're happy. Because what's happening seems to be good. But when things are crazy, you say, well, my car broke down. But maybe God's got someone for me to visit. I told my wife, maybe God's got some people for us to visit at the car dealer or whatever. You know, you just never know where God's leading you. God has a plan. But we glory. I remember there was a a, a Christian I read about or or listened to a, a message and he he directs a teen challenge. And when he was in the military, he had cancer. He was diagnosed with cancer. So they were getting him out of the military. And he was in Germany or something. And a true story. And so he went to the chaplain and he said, Hey, I was reading in the Bible how you anoint people with oil and pray for them and they get healed. And the chaplain's like, well, we don't really do that. If you've ever been in the military, that's it. chaplains are like, no, we don't. He said, but it's right here. I believe it's in the, in the book of James. So we got some oil right under the pulpit right there. And uh, so he said, well, can you just do it for me? So he was like excited young Christian with cancer. And so they anointed, anointed him. And then he went, flew back and had to get retested again in the States. And uh, no cancer. 
And you're like, well, we might have made a mistake. So they did another test. No answer. And I remember as the man was preaching, he said, glory. I like that. He was just so excited about God. What was he doing? He was boasting in God. And really when Christians, and that's not a word that I said before I got saved, was glory. But you know, before you get that good diagnosis, before you can just glory in God. Why? Because God has it all figured out in the end. Jesus said, be of good cheer. He said, I've overcome the world. You can glory. I just like, I still remember, I don't remember much about the message, but I remember him saying, glory. And I was like, man, that's, that's a Christian right there. Because God gets all of the glory. God is glorified. You see, God thinks you can handle it. There's no temptation I've taken you, but the Bible says, such as is common to man, God is faithful who will not allow you or suffer you to be tempted above that you're able, but with the temptation, he'll make a way of escape. That's what God said. So God will trust you with it and it's going to make you better, not bitter. God's making you better. And this is happening not because I am wrong, but because I am right with God. You know, sometimes you think, well, man, God's judging me. Or maybe not. Maybe it's the devil messing with you. <laughs> you know, I remember that as soon as I got saved, you, you go into something called a battle. And it's just like, man, what's going on? I'm going to church and everyone's doing this and everyone's, ah, yes, you're in the fight. You've left the stands and you're down there on the field taking hits now. That's the difference. But you know, the third, the fourth thing is, this too shall pass. It's not going to last forever. But I'm going to, I'm going to keep glorying. Uh, his praise shall continually be in my mouth. That's what the psalmist said. So the sixth thing, the sixth blessing is hope. Also from verse five. Uh, you know that people can shame you. You ever had someone say, shame, shame, shame. I remember uh, I was singing a song. And uh, I remember, I don't know what the guy, but he, he began to find fault thinking that I was singing something that was like worldly or something. And I, I sang the chorus and I said, and I know it was the hand of the Lord. I was singing about God and he was trying to shame me. He's like, I can't believe you're singing that. You know, people can shame you, but they can't make you ashamed. Paul said to Timothy, I'm not ashamed. And he said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed. When you're a Christian, you don't have to be ashamed. We can have hope. And he said to Timothy, he said, I know whom I've believed and I'm persuaded he's able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. Just, I'm not ashamed. I just hope that God's going to work it out. I hope that God is going to be with me and I'm not going to walk around with my head in the dirt and making a big hole like a rut all the way down the field, right? God is faithful. The seventh thing is love. Love, the love of God. It's interesting. People need love. You say, well, preacher, how, how are they going to see love? They're going to see love by how we treat them. Because you see, the love of God is, you know what a router is, right? For the, your internet, it routes that power to you. And we route or shed abroad the love of God in our hearts. So it comes from God through the Holy Ghost through what? The Christians. And I know people watch preachers on TV and listen, and there's a real blessing in, in, in hearing the gospel and watching the gospel, but that's not someone that you see on the street. That's not someone that helps you out. You are the ones that interact with people and show them the love of Christ, that he's alive and he's living. 
Eight, the Holy Ghost. The eighth blessing, the Holy Ghost. What did Jesus tell his followers? He said, tarry in Jerusalem till you receive the promise of the Father. What did John the baptizer say? He said, I baptize you with water. He said, there's coming one mightier than I. What is he going to do? He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Now, I don't know if Baptists believe in the baptism of the Holy Ghost, but John the Baptist believed in the baptism of the Holy Ghost because he said when Jesus comes, he's going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost. That is what Jesus did on the day of Pentecost. He baptized the church with the Holy Ghost. And they have been on fire. That's when the church started, on the day of Pentecost. The church got started in the fire of God. And God still, Jesus, still baptizes people with the Holy Ghost. It happened to me. It still happens according to the book of Acts. That's where we're living. The Holy Ghost is a blessing of the believer. It's a blessing of being justified. Number nine. We have proof. You know, like people say, prove it. We have proof of God's love. Because Jesus, he died for us. You know, a lot of people, Valentine's Day is coming up. You know what people, they'll say, I love you. You know, a lot of boyfriends will say that to their girlfriend and girlfriends will say it to the boyfriend. Oh, I love you, baby. But you know what they're really saying? I love myself. I'm going to translate, okay? Google Translate. I love myself and I want to use you. And that can be either way from the girl or the boy's perspective. But you see, love is more than words. Love is giving. For God so loved the world, He gave. Now, it does feel good to be on the receiving end of love. When someone loves you and takes care of you, man, it feels good, doesn't it? I love it. But that's not what love is. Love is one way. Say, well, they didn't love me back. Well, shame on them, but hey, we're going to love them anyway. For when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly, for scarcely... For a righteous man will one die. Yet peradventure for a good man, some will even dare to die. But God commendeth his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Number 10 in verse 9, we're saved. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. Not just saved from the devil, not just saved from sin, but there's a blessing Brethren, saved from God's wrath. <laughs> saved from the very wrath of God. You know, they had to put the blood on the doorposts in the book of uh, Exodus. Not, to, not from the devil. It was God's death angel that was coming. And the blood of Jesus Christ, the devil doesn't run hell. That's a place of punishment. And I don't want to be there. But we're saved from that through Christ. It's a blessing of being justified. Number 11, reconciled. Verse 10. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Now, what's to reconcile? People who don't get along, making them get along again. Now, if you've ever been married for more than two seconds, right, you've had to realize that you and your husband are different or you and your wife are different and have to figure it out, right? Most of the times in my marriage, it's been me. <laughs> I've been a problem. I thought it was her. <laughs> really, it's just true. Well, but reconciliation is so important that God said, if you're not reconciled, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 23, he said, if thou bring thy gift to the altar, so you're bringing your tithe and your offerings to the to church. 
He said, and God's like, hey, you hate Brother Smith. I'm just making up Brother Smith, okay? It was an easy name. John Smith. And there is a John Smith in our organization, okay? Not that brother. The Holy Ghost says, you, you, you got something between you and John Smith, and you're about to put your offering in. And the Holy Ghost says, leave thy gift at the altar. Don't even put it in. Just leave it. Go thy way first. Be reconciled to thy brother. It's that important to God. God's like, I don't, I don't want it. Just, just go make things right. Why? Because it's a gift of the believer, of the justified. And then come and offer thy gift with the right spirit, right? The right attitude where I'm not having any uh, rotten feelings. How many times, sister, have I asked you to forgive me before I preached? Not tonight, right? But we have to make things right. We have to be right. We have to reconcile. The, the 12th thing is joy. Verse 11. Not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, whom we have now received the atonement. The Bible says that the joy of the Lord is what? Our strength. There's fullness of joy in God's presence. The Bible said the fruit of the Spirit is love. Then what? Joy. It just comes out. It's there for you and me. And you know, cars come and cars go. Except for that Chevy they couldn't sell in Mexico. That Chevy Nova. That, that car doesn't go. The Nova. But, but cars come and go. Except for that kind of car. But you know, joy stays. The joy of God can go on. Other things, they come, they go. Don't get too attached to them. But hold on to that joy. Those are the 12 blessings of being justified. I've got a few more things. Let's run through the six contrasts. There's six contrasts. You, you compare and contrast. Compare is how it's similar. Contrasting, it's how it's different. So the first one, verse 12 to verse 15, a contrast between Adam and Christ. Wherefore is by one man sin entered into the world and death by sin. And so death passed upon all men for that all have sinned. For until the law was in the world, for until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed where there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him who was to come. But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, hath abounded unto many. Adam got us in, Jesus got us out. The second one, verse 16, condemnation versus justification. The contrast. And not as, if, and not as it was by one that sinned, so is the gift. For the judgment was by one under condemnation, but the free gift is of many offenses unto justification. Adam gave us a lot of problems. Jesus gave us a lot of forgiveness and a lot of justification. Verse 17, For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive grace, the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. Therefore, as by the offense of one judgment came upon all men to condemnation, even so by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. The third thing, disobedience versus obedience. Verse 19. You know, there's three levels of obedience. 
man, I, let me just get this out because it's so important. Let me read the verse. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. So by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. You know that disobedience and obedience, there's such a contrast, but there's levels of obedience. You know, some people obey only on that first level. They have to, right? Because they're a child. Mommy makes me. And then others go to the second level of obedience. You know what it is? I need to. Why? I'll lose my job if I don't do it right. But that's not the highest level of obedience. You know what the highest level of obedience is? Is I want to. I want to. God, make me, if I don't want to, God, help my heart so I want to obey you. The law versus grace. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, praise God, grace did much more abound. The fifth thing, sin versus righteousness, the contrast, that as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. And then last, and also in verse 21, sin versus righteousness, and the sixth contrast is death versus life. And Andrew Murray, a preacher, said, being occupied with self, even to the point of hating yourself, can never free us from self. From the reign of sin to the reign of grace. So count your blessings. If you're going through something, go through some of the blessings that you have been justified. God will never leave you. God will never forsake you. And all the benefits and the blessings of heaven, the Bible says our citizenship, our conversation, it's in heaven. It belongs to you. God bless you.